One of the coolest pieces about this is in any e-commerce company, you say you're an e-commerce company, he is a media production company, and that's how he speaks to it as well. Welcome back to the Built in Public podcast, folks. I'm Bryce, as always, joined by someone who can't sufficiently figure out how to use ChatGPT infamously. Mason, how's it going, Mason? Just a government agent trying to block it from taking over the world. <laughs> I'm just doing my work feeding ChatGPT with bullshit prompts so it gets worse. <laughs> so just making sure we don't have any major issues with it. Dude, OpenAI wasn't ready for the stupidity that you feed ChatGPT. Did, uh, <laughs> did Microsoft acquire it in the last week? I thought I saw that they invested another round, but I don't know if they fully acquired it. I just saw more news about that $10 billion. Um, yeah. Which is, I, I made that tweet about it, which is wild if you just like follow the cookie crumbs. It's like, we talked about this last time. Like they just took people's salaries and are investing it in the chat GPT or open AI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, you 10,000 people, we can't pay you anymore. Pretty fucked. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think they think that's the only way to compete with Google. Microsoft's been like largely out of the picture for 10 years, although not really. Like they're still a billion dollar company. With like boomers. Like Microsoft yeah. has to, like, I don't know any, I, if right. anyone sends me a meeting invite for Microsoft Teams, I just, they're... I think of them less. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not using fucking teams, You're just dude. a lower level person. Yeah. No, they're definitely 45 plus though. Mm-hmm. Always. Which is fine. That's where more money is within business. But um, yeah, this is the smartest thing they could do. Is but won't dumping, be soon. I think up right now is what, like 13 to 15 billion in total invested into this project, which is insane. Yeah. On that idea of AI, I guess, uh, before we get into what we want to talk about today, I want to talk a bit more about that video I sent you where it's the guys talking about the AI lawsuits with AI. AI art. Oh, yeah. I think that it's this is like a huge lawsuit that could change AI technology use cases moving forward. It's open AI being sued by, they're being sued by Getty Images and also, or not open AI. Um, is it open AI? They Isn't own it, Dolly. Uh, Dolly. Or yeah, does open AI own Dolly? I don't know if they own. They, they own Dolly 2 or something like yeah, that. Anyways, some AI company is being sued uh, over copyright infringement for the image creation tools that they're making. And it's really interesting when you get into like the nitty-gritty on what they're being sued for because there's uh, transformative work which i think was well, a transformative work isn't allowed but representative work is something like that the distinction of the final product being made uh it's an argument of whether or not it's legal to reference all of these images that these AI tools happen. You know what it makes me think of? What? The the music industry and how they have, you know, the beats uh, that artists will reuse or like, oh, you, when we were talking about rap, right? And we were t- like watching different videos mm-hmm. of these guys saying like, oh, he stole that portion. And it's like he kind of recreated it a little bit. And because of that, it's legal. I kind of think it's going to end up in a similar area like that, that gray zone of, oh, he recreated it. It's slightly different. Stable diffusion. Tell, that's it. You can tell the trend and like the, the main pieces were there. But but people do get sued for that, though. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Anyways, I think it's really interesting what the courts decide on whether or not they say that because if you're do, if you're making something like a, and they reference like Spaceballs the movie right it's like they're obviously making fun of Star Wars but they're not copying Star Wars they're making something that's like an evolution of it that's yeah. acceptable but if you're just recreating a different version of Star Wars using Star Wars as reference that's illegal so the yeah. whole argument is well is the use of these billions of data of uh, images that's being fed into the system and then creating 
creating this final output, is it too similar to the data coming in that's not, that has like copyrights attached to it? Or is it so transformative on the output that it doesn't matter about the input? And that I think it's, it's gigantic because it goes outside of just right now in imagery medium, you could take that to copy, right? Code, anything. Yeah, anything. So I think this is fucking huge right now. There's everyone's so hyped around chat GPT and AI technology, but like it could drastically change based on what this lawsuit holds. And I don't yeah. know, like big tech, are they in is big? I guess. I mean, the lobbyists that could kind of sway things, I guess they're getting more involved. But this kind of has been underground niched up to this point to where like governments and uh, judicial systems have no idea what this is, probably. I don't know, it's yeah. interesting. Those old fucks, you think our 85-year-old like president knows anything about AI? No. No. <laughs> All right. Anyways, today we're talking about Mini Katana and an entrepreneur that we really like. His name is Isaac. Um, he's been kind of doing the rounds, I, I realized, on some podcasts recently. I don't know if that's just because uh, he blew up uh, from the MFM podcast um, where they- Oh, is that where spoke. he was featured first? Well, they briefly talked about him. They didn't have him on as a guest, but that was like early Jan. And now all of a sudden in the last two weeks, he's been on like two other podcasts. Um, they're all fairly similar. Uh, I also listened to one um, e-commerce fuel podcast from October, which is interesting because he's, it's just five, you know, four or five months earlier. Um, and wild to see just the difference in <clears throat> what he's learned and uh, how much they've grown in the, just from October of last year. So, yeah. So I guess what is mini katanas and how did it start? It's a, a website that sells e-commerce, small katanas. It started yeah. with this guy's inspiration, Isaac's inspiration of buying a letter opener and thinking I could do this better. He found out a way logistically to do it better. He said, great, I'm dumping a ton of money into this. It's going to make me a bunch of money. And then he got slapped by Facebook for violating weapons, weapons prohibited policy. Weapons. I think the coolest or, or one of the coolest pieces about this is in any e-commerce company, you say you're an e-commerce company. He is a media production company, and that's how he speaks to it as well. And they're not right. But I think company. that's the brilliant thing is he yeah. pivoted because he didn't yeah. start with that in mind. It, he, yeah. I love pivots out of necessity because if if he was allowed to run Facebook ads, he probably wouldn't be as big as he is now because he yeah. wouldn't have had to adopt this model. No, a hundred percent. I mean. I haven't the, the the realization you know when he's talking um, in the podcast that that they really are a, a year and a half old business the amount yeah that's wild it started in 2021 right impressions subscribers at the end of 2021 I think yeah or, nice. or using Yahoo yeah um, but the amount of views subscribers. And then obviously, you know, the, the conversions and sales and revenue is going to come after that. But I think they're primed to be a massive, massive company in the next two years, not just, especially not just in the Katana space. I think the Katana could be their smallest product very quickly. So how, how are they a media company? If you look at this site at face value, you think this is a normal e-commerce website that sells swords. Swords are, it's, it's so sweet though. Like what a sub niche. <laughs> I love the little niche. Like the other day I was looking at a listing on Flippo about Viking shields and it had some similarities to mini Katana, which got me a little going. And, um, yeah, but these little niches are so interesting and the uh, power that this content can have is, is crazy. But I think it's uh, really interesting because to me it's evergreen yeah. to where people aren't only buying these gifts for like holidays or 
um, you know, it's not really for a holiday, but they're not only buying it for like Christmas, and Black Friday, or really any birthday or any gift giving opportunity. This is appropriate for. Yeah, and I think it, he's he's combined it a lot with the, the a massive growing anime market, um, which only helps. Like when you're looking at uh, his YouTube channel, the top videos are all, and even like most of his videos have something to do with anime in some aspect. He also does he's able to do variants of the katanas, which is a really good uh, thing in terms of supply chain, increasing your lifetime value, upselling new customers to special one-off katanas. But he's able to to kind of loop in um, a lot of that anime into to those one-off products. A lot of the weebs, anime weebs are huge in the US and growing. Like this is the projection of like what US anime market through 2030. Oh, yeah. Massive. Yeah, yeah. Soon everyone's going to be cutting their hair like BTS. How do you know who BTS is? That's good. Don't look it up. <laughs> I just show you what Hari Curry was yesterday. Just wild that you don't even know what that yeah, is. Yeah, that's true. Um, but okay, so uh, he gets banned from Facebook. So he says, shit, I have a shit ton of debt right now. What do I do? He goes the organic route, makes a lot of not clickbaity, but, um, I guess viral styled videos that don't push his product heavily, but feature his product on TikTok and YouTube and they blow up. He sees that there's this opportunity with making content and he drills down into that so much so that now his primary metric that he looks at month to month for performance isn't revenue and sales, it's subscriber growth. Yeah. Well, his top three KPIs, right? It's it's subscriber growth. Uh, views and then revenue, I think was the order that he put them in. Um, yep. And for his uh, content system right now on YouTube, I think he thinks about YouTube brilliantly. He kind of discounts performance on TikTok because it's not as big as YouTube. He cites that YouTube is introducing its shorts revenue in February, which we're excited for with our own other businesses that dude, monetize on it's YouTube. Be massive. It's going to be massive, hopefully, because you haven't been able to monetize yet. On that I note, like I, I, I quote tweeted a Susan Wojcicki from YouTube. I told her thanks for creating shorts. They're awesome. It was a video with three million views that generated three dollars in revenue. <laughs> Just like <laughs> sick, dude. Um, on that note, when uh, another po- or one of the podcasts we listened to, he talked about his ad revenue because I think a- another piece that we'll get into later is the genius that this business he has his e-commerce revenue, but he also gets ad revenue from YouTube, and that yep. his he's expecting his ad revenue because they're so short focused uh, at Mini Katana to five x. So he yeah, thought he they were going to go two... from 10K a month to 50K a month in ad revenue. And I, this must be on his new anime channel when he was talking about this uh, posting process because it doesn't look like it here. But he says he does two short form videos a day and then one long form video a week. So maybe that's across all platforms. But I mean, you see here on his normal feed, it's about one a month in shorts. Uh, copying TikTok, you can't really see the date of when things are posted. You might be able to if you click into it. No, you know how to see the date. But anyways, he's posting a lot of these. And look, they're getting 360,000 views, uh, 100K views, 2.5 million views. So a lot of attention to it, but no monetization because you can't monetize until whatever happens in a week. Or very, yeah, very little monetization on this channel. The the, the fact that they're getting 300 million views a month, I think is is what the, the metric that he's hitting right now uh, overall and only only making yeah, look at these views per month. day, bro. It's yeah. insane. Um, what is today? The 25th. If we go back, the 24th, he did 1.1 million views. 1.1 million. Like a million views per day. Yeah. Just on YouTube. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. He, he, yeah. I mean. And it's brilliant because, because, 
because he's not doing this pushing the product forward, he's really big on the idea of building an affinity with his audience to his products. So much so that he's creating loyal customers before they're even customers. It's like a community his, before it's a, a, a customer. Yeah, kind it's of community first. But there's no community though. It's not like they interact with each other. It's just well, a has, uh, fascination. Has, I mean, you have comments, all right, and on YouTube, which are, are interactive. But he also has a decently large Discord channel. Um, oh, really? That they run their community through. I think he said somewhere between twenty and forty thousand members, and just in his Discord community. Um, so that's where he's like pushing out. He's asking for product advice. What product should they do next? Product sampling, anything like that, which is a really good idea. And I like discord for that aspect of like, let's put your most powerful customers in the discord community and have them kind of build from there. Yeah, that is smart. One of the other great ways you mentioned this, and I thought, oh, this is so smart for e-com of how he's leveraging YouTube. Um, not only is he posting videos and shorts that gain audience views and then referrals to his website for sales, but he's also using the community posting feature within YouTube, which is probably something that I could honestly see being phased out and not made a feature and uh, not made a feature in the near future because it doesn't really make sense for the platform. But what it is, it's essentially a way of making normal social media posts on a feed within YouTube so that your subscribers see it. So what a lot of content producers will do is make the post and have it link out to a video. But what he's doing, which is brilliant, is he's linking out to his own e-com website within those posts so i mean like this one 246,000 votes on a post that's going to his website yeah i think he said he was a, a community post he's averaging like about 40,000 um in revenue from a community post or something a like lot that. of urgency and like limited time drops on the heat these this one had 11,000 likes like he's got to be raking it in from this he has a great pro he has a great just i love the way he's thinking about this of like content production and then referral posting or yeah, referral posting to his website. Yeah. Um, so that's basically on the content side. It's very interesting to hear how little he talks. Uh, I'm sure he thinks about it, but how little he talks about optimization of his website and the products kind of seems like he's gotten into a groove with the quality of production and comes up with ideas here and there for new products, but it's really just focused on the content. And it was interesting to hear of the email side of things and how some people are so, we've talked about this before. Some people are so stupid with how they approach email. The dude mass has 400,000 subscribers, mass blasting, not 400,000 subs, mass blasting. And I hate that he has this uh, little wheel thing. I, I didn't see it when I, when you know, <laughs> It's so I think tacky. it's so tacky. Um, I think for the products that he's selling, it works. Um, and the demographics that he's going after, I feel like he, because the, the, the actual katana, it's a little gimmicky in that it's not something anyone's going to buy or need. It's more of like a collectible. And I think those type of tacky offerings do really well. Um, oh, I dude, mean, Tengu's Wraith pocket knife is going to be back soon. It's going to sell out in a day, too. This is weird. I can't see his wheel anymore. What I think, I, I think what what I really like about him is that he is his own customer, and that makes it really easy for him to build products he likes. And he's super into Japanese culture, Japanese anime, and he's building products off of that basis. Um, the other pieces is, is you know he's he's around our age. He's twenty six. He 
previously was just an Uber, Uber Eats driver. He's got seven failed businesses. This is his first main success. And the way he found success was off his second TikTok video. He got one sale. And just I getting know, that. Thinking of like how, and this is kind of like the Ryan Dice story too, of how he really mastered and harnessed email marketing was Ryan Dice got hit with taxes one year that were unpaid. He's like, shit, we got to find a way to pay these taxes. So he started emailing his list and found the power of email marketing. This guy, shit ton of credit card debt, gets banned off of Facebook. He's like, shit, I need to pay off this debt and make this business work. Figures it out. I love that kind of like thought process. Yeah. And I think his methodology is correct. Like entertain first and the sales will come. He's seeing that. And um, I think he's seeing that at a very early stage. I think he hasn't even hit the sales will come stage. Like he, he's still in that community development entertain first stage. And those sales are only going to quadruple and, and go from there. Yep. I agree. It's just a matter, a matter of time until he does some kind of like partnership too with like a really, really big brand. Licensing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Licensing with like, stuff would be really interesting, specific to like anime shows and stuff. But I think his, <clears throat> the other piece and I was thinking about this morning, like for me thinking about starting an e-com brand now, the hardest or one of the most tricky and hardest pieces is is your supply chain and cash flow, the combination of those and making them work together. For him to get to this point and how he's selling out and, and managing that, like that's an extremely difficult thing with the amount of traffic they're getting to their site. How he can spin up and get a new SKU. He's getting three, I think he said three new SKUs a month. Just yeah, variant. he's got to have some great partnership right now. Yeah, he's just doing variant differences. I think he said only you know a few new products each year. And he just um, said that he's found a way to really like uh, maintain the integrity of the color on some of these products. So whoever he's working with is like the silent hero to this. Because if the products yeah. suck, it doesn't matter about your video views. Yeah, and the other piece is it doesn't sound like he's going over there and managing that. So he has someone who's, who's doing that or, or, you know, but um, his next product is going to be Samurai Pens. This is uh, funny, this like little default thing in here. 3,000 great reviews from verified customers. That's got two reviews. Yeah, that's could be brand reviews though. Like, Yeah, I think this is just a default thing put into his yeah. product page template. Yeah. But yeah, this is the, the genius thing and something that I've wanted to do for Honest to try to figure it out is making an ad compliant tripwire to get people into your brand so that they can buy things later. This guy launched with uh, mini katanas and the idea of that is get people in and then increase the lifetime value you uh, through more orders and uh, increase the AOV of your customers. This guy brought people in with a mini katana at like 50 bucks, started selling more expensive katanas. And I think he mentioned his AOV was over a hundred bucks, which is awesome. Um, and it'll likely continue to stay at that level, even with the introduction of this $29 uh, tripwire, which he strategically is making so that he can actually do paid ads now. Yeah. Yeah. Swords are banned. The katana, you can't run, you know, katanas. So um, and I think the other the other aspect that's that's uh, really interesting is is how he talks about his organic reach and how much it lowers his his cost to acquire a customer. Um, yeah, well, you can't. He doesn't really have a cost, right? He even mentioned that he's like, we don't do attribution from like channels and videos. Yeah, for organic. But I'm saying like it's going to lower his CAC so much on his paid spend too, just by having oh, all that right. organic reach. Like customers are going to see him in multiple areas, not just the paid spend. Yep. If like the second time, yeah. How much more likely are you to buy from someone if the first time you saw them was just organic and the second time is paid versus yeah. the other way around? Yeah. <clears throat> There's yeah, so much we can take from this for our, like just our stuff. Like I think YouTube Everything. Sports 
is a massive uh, area that we should put more focus on. I like one of the podcasts he talked about, he was just saying like everyone, every business, especially e-commerce puts all their attention on Instagram. So he's like, this is the worst platform for a business to operate on. Instagram hates businesses. They love creators. The second Instagram finds out that it's a business account, they're going to kind of shadow ban you. And so I think we need to stray away from that, get more into shorts, at least test. And I don't think this will work for honest still though. It, I think honest is yeah. still too taboo, even for YouTube, for sure. which sucks yeah. ass. It's like, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> the thing is, is there is success. Like I'm seeing raw papers. They're having good success with it. Um, they're huge though. They are huge, but that I don't think their content team is huge because it's the same two, three people in every video and they're having a ton of success building out their channels. So, yeah, I think we need to do this for AD. That was a percent. I feel like this should be like the thought process. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really good one. Um, oh, yeah. What else to maybe think of is starting to sell shit for podcast curious. Yeah. That's something that we started just to content play, just to monetize content. And we're doing that. It's going fine. But it makes me think of like what ways can we also be selling them other gimmicky kind of style gifts like this guy is doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we could come up with some. We just need to think through what we're actually selling and why. Yeah, just like fucking stickers, dude. I think would do well. Like, I mean, there's always the stickers and merch. That's what every creator sells. But what's awesome is this guy Rick Glassman, one of the smartest. Uh, speaking of autistic people, I love um, one of the best merch ideas that he was selling is trading cards. I thought that's so fucking smart. Where's his store? Jeez, dude. Like podcast uh, comedians, podcast trading cards. Really? That's interesting. And that's interesting for podcasting curious because we cover so many comedians. Yeah, like look at this. This is like if you're a fan of this show, this is a, such a sick gift. And it's like from the show. The march the margins on this. <laughs> yeah, it's seventeen dollars. Is it a single card? Yeah. <laughs> for seventeen. You can make this on Guten for like a couple bucks. Dude, you, you could make that for ten cents. Dude, let's do it. Six thousand bucks. Accidentally check out credit card information fills. Squarespace, interesting. Anyways, this could be interesting, but yeah. um, it makes me think of ideas to expand. Yeah, it'd be great to diversify revenue. Although the shorts revenue, I'm really excited for this month. I think I think by the end of February, we may rethink where we're putting our time, and I think PNC might we might push PNC quite a bit higher up on our like where we should allocate time. Yeah, we'll see. Like. Uh... Just, just based blades. on him saying he thinks it's going to 5x his revenue, like most of our views are shorts related as well. I don't I don't disagree that it, it could, you know, 5x our, our earnings too. Damn, we've had 17 million views. That's a lot, lot of shorts, but still. Yeah. This is I mean, anyway. Oh, it's over time. Okay. I mean, we got six days left and then revenue kicks in. Should start to see within. We haven't even posted a new video this month, too. Within potentially a week, we might have shorts revenue coming in. So that Rogan video is going to get a million views. It's at like seven hundred thousand yeah. right now. It's insane. Yeah. Anyways, some All random right. things. I loved, or I thought it was funny. Neil Neil Patel uh, talking about that Google's going to crush GPT, OpenAI. I think he's just such a Google. Uh, he's such a Google simp, dude. Yeah, he is. I, I think he's. That just was like so the biggest simpiest reaction, like. You don't think Google's going to beat ChatGPT with all the information and data they have? Once they decide to do it, they're going to kick ass. Like, what? Why haven't they? <laughs> like, what do you mean, dude? I just, Microsoft wouldn't be investing that much money if that was the case. Yeah. 
how much Google stock does Neil Patel have? <laughs> like he should have to disclose that in that video. It's insane. Um, oh, I thought tech layoff, layoffs were incredibly interesting. In Spotify, the newest addition to the group, 6%. Is this just a sign of people are seeing AI take over workforces and like not a need or they're just trimming to make budget for more investments. There's a lot of big tech players that their business I think it's is fear not necessarily it's, suffering. I think the largest piece is fear of recession. Um, but that would have been, we, we've been in that fear for the last four or five months. Yeah, but the longer we stay in it, the more fearful it becomes, I think, for them. So, and, and the, the longer that they're having less profitable months too. I don't know yeah. if we'll see. There's still a shit ton of new jobs out there though too. Like it's not like there's a job shortage. So what's the thing put here? Facebook opening up CBD advertising. Yeah. Is that like official? Yeah. So yeah, Facebook's opening up CBD advertising. Um, they're working with like a small group of testers. Supposedly, um, it already looks like people are getting through. Though I sent you a, a page the other day of someone. Not, that was a not, sketchy page, though. That was not like CBD related. Either. It was real THC flower selling with a with a mediary page. But I think as Facebook opens up CBD advertising, it'll be easier for anything ancillary to get through as well. If it does work, then I think we just make a sales page for one of our products and claim it's CBD related. Yeah, yeah. This is a CBD pipe. Yep, that'll be interesting. CBD accessories. It's not even a pipe. I think we just yeah, it would keep that word out. We just say CBD accessories. Yeah, rip fat CBD bowls. Spoken like a true stoner. <laughs> yeah, dude. I think that's uh, it. Anything else on any katana? No, I loved going into it though. I, I like I had followed Isaac, the founder, for so long on Twitter. A great guy to follow, by the way. Drops a ton of good stuff. Um, but just diving in yesterday, lear- like really learning a lot more about his overall strategy and the way he builds his brand is really cool and interesting and super different, wildly different than any e-commerce like owner I've ever like, really looked into. Yeah, I think we're at a really interesting cornerstone for a couple like things. One is that AI thing mentioned at the top of the show. And the other is kind of content uh, platforms. If YouTube really cracks things in February with shorts, it's going to be super interesting, not only for that platform, but TikTok will have to respond. I think organic growth will grow on TikTok if that happens, which is great for us. There's just, there's a lot of like interesting things up in the air right now. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, check out uh, the DTC podcast is one we listened to direct to consumer uh, that had, what's this guy's name again? The mini Isaac Medieros. Isaac. Sorry if I butchered your last name, dude. Yeah. We'll throw links in uh, show notes. Uh, check it out. Really interesting conversation and thought process uh, from his mouth directly. Uh, We appreciate you checking us out today. Have a great rest of your week. 